Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's episode is the 53rd of the series, and thus marks the beginning of Fireside Poems' second year. I've chosen for the occasion Longfellow's poem, The Fire of Driftwood, not because it celebrates an anniversary, it doesn't, but because it is my favorite of Longfellow's shorter poems, the poem I choose when I want to convince a skeptical colleague of Longfellow's greatness. The Fire of Driftwood tells of a gathering of friends in an old farmhouse along the Massachusetts coast. They talk into the evening as the sea breeze rattles the windows, the sound of the ocean waves breaking on the nearby beach ever-present in the background. In the fireplace, a fire made of driftwood, the remnants of ships lost at sea, gathered from the beach provides the only flickering light as the darkness fills the room where they are gathered. Let's listen. The Fire of Driftwood, Devereux Farm, near Marblehead, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. We sat within the farmhouse old, whose windows, looking o'er the bay, gave to the sea breeze damp and cold an easy entrance night and day. Not far away we saw the port, the strange old-fashioned silent town, the lighthouse, the dismantled fort, the wooden houses quaint and brown. We sat and talked until the night descending filled the little room. Our faces faded from the sight, our voices only broke the gloom. We spake of many a vanished scene, of what we once had thought and said, of what had been and might have been, and who was changed and who was dead. And all that fills the hearts of friends, when first they feel with secret pain, their lives thenceforth have separate ends and never can be one again. The first slight swerving of the heart, that words are powerless to express, and leave it still unsaid in part, or say it in too great excess. The very tones in which we spake had something strange I could but mark. The leaves of memory seemed to make a mournful rustling in the dark. Oft died the words upon our lips, as suddenly from out the fire, built of the wreck of stranded ships, the flames would leap and then expire. And as their splendor flashed and failed, we thought of wrecks upon the main, of ships dismasted that were hailed and sent no answer back again. The windows rattling in their frames, the ocean roaring up the beach, the gusty blast, the bickering flames, all mingled vaguely in our speech, until they made themselves a part of fancies floating through the brain, the long-lost ventures of the heart that send no answers back again. O flames that glowed, O hearts that yearned, they were indeed too much akin, the driftwood fire without that burned, the thoughts that burned and glowed within. Longfellow was 38 when he wrote The Fire of Driftwood. His journal records that the scene described took place two years earlier. It seems to me, though, 
a conversation of friends younger than middle to late 30s. It's a conversation I remember distinctly from when I was 17 and I was hiking on sand dunes with friends I'd had since kindergarten. In the coming fall, I and one or two others would be going off to college, while others would be moving to find better jobs than our small rural town offered. Our lives would never be one again, and one among us, one none of us thought of as the most thoughtful, said so with some distress. And it's proven true. This poem always struck a chord as well with my students who were graduating seniors, as they felt such a time coming for them. They simply dropped from their ken the line in which those conversing talk about who was dead, as do I. It hardly fits even the thirty-somethings of the actual scene. As much as I cherish the poem's capture of the intangible feeling of secret pain and the first slight swervings of the heart that words are powerless to express, either saying too little or too much, I cherish the tangible setting that makes this possible just as much. The old farmhouse with its rattling windows that let in the sea breeze, the darkness that slowly fills the room, obscuring the faces of the talkers from each other, the fire of driftwood popping and sparking. Here, too, I imagine something somewhat different than the reality Longfellow drew on. The Devereux farm was a real farmhouse built by one of the first settlers of Marblehead, which once reflected his prosperous status in the community, though it was now fallen away. It was still livable, though, and was occupied by a friend of Longfellow's, whom he and Fanny were visiting. Since I'm imagining a younger group, though, I imagine an abandoned old farmhouse that young miscreants have broken into for their evening fire and talk. I thus take more liberties with the poem than I usually allow myself, the kind of liberties directors sometimes take with Shakespeare's plays, liberties that are permissible and sometimes even salutary as long as they leave intact the truths of the human heart such as we find here. Let's listen again. The Fire of Driftwood, Devereux Farm Near Marblehead, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. We sat within the farmhouse old, whose windows looking o'er the bay gave to the sea breeze damp and cold an easy entrance night and day. Not far away we saw the port, the strange old-fashioned silent town, the lighthouse, the dismantled fort, the wooden houses quaint and brown. We sat and talked until the night descending filled the little room. Our faces faded from the sight, our voices only broke the gloom. We spake of many a vanished scene, of what we once had thought and said, of what had been and might have been, and who was changed and who was dead and all that fills the hearts of friends when first they feel with secret pain their lives thenceforth have separate ends and never can be one again. The first slight swerving of the heart that words are powerless to express and leave it still unsaid in part, 
or say it in too great excess. The very tones in which we spake had something strange I could but mark. The leaves of memory seemed to make a mournful rustling in the dark. Oft died the words upon our lips, as suddenly from out the fire built of the wreck of stranded ships, the flames would leap and then expire. And as their splendor flashed and failed, we thought of wrecks upon the main, of ships dismasted that were hailed and sent no answer back again. The windows rattling in their frames, the ocean roaring up the beach, the gusty blast, the bickering flames, all mingled vaguely in our speech, until they made themselves a part of fancies floating through the brain, the long-lost ventures of the heart that send no answers back again. O flames that glowed, O hearts that yearned, they were indeed too much akin, the driftwood fire without that burned, the thoughts that burned and glowed within. In a letter to a correspondent written many years later, Longfellow acknowledged that he too had taken liberties when writing The Fire of Driftwood. Neither the Marblehead Lighthouse nor the Port of Marblehead were actually visible from Devereux Farm owing to intervening dunes. The Fire of Driftwood, though, is truer for their being within the ken of the poem. I hope you enjoyed The Fire of Driftwood and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the Fireside.